Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So I've got some good news. Good news for a change. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. But I think when it comes to the global elite, the World Economic Forum, the authoritarians, it is obvious now the writing is on the wall and they are losing the battle. Let me go right into this article from the Wall Street Journal of all places and show you what I'm referring to. Title, Davos is coming for your cars. But let's listen to the tagline here. How about the World Economic Forum first give up private jets? So when you look back at the phenomenon of how narratives change in society, I think what we're seeing play out right now is it's something I've referred to many times on my videos. Most of you have probably heard me talk about this. Where I first started thinking about this about a year ago because there was all this talk about toxic brands. Like you didn't want to have a, a, a brand that was toxic because then no one wanted to associate with you or associate um, you know, with your company as an example. So an example of this would have been like uh, Alex Jones back in the day, right? I don't think it's like that now, but I think back in the day, people would consider him a, well, I don't want to be associated with InfoWars because that's a toxic brand. Therefore, if my brand is associated with him, it brings me down and I don't want to take that risk. Now, again, let me be clear. I'm not saying they're like that now. But for a time there, especially within the mainstream, that's how InfoWars or Alex Jones was viewed, right or wrong. But I always said, well, okay, I get that premise. I get the idea. But is there any brand on the planet Earth that is more toxic than the World Economic Forum? That's a serious question. Think about that. When I was growing up, the best example I could think of as far as a toxic brand would have been like Exxon. And you younger people probably don't remember this, but... People in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and up, I'm sure they do. It was the Exxon Valdez. Remember that big, huge oil spill? And I think it was up in uh, Alaska. And then you had the BP oil spill. At the time, th those brands were persona non grata. Those brands were viewed by the public as pure evil. And no other brand wanted to be associated with them because of how toxic they were. But again, I kept going back to the fact, well, I don't see any brand that's more toxic in the view of the public than the World Economic Forum. So it's kind of a head scratcher that all the media outlets would just hang on their every word and all the media outlets would treat them as though they were royalty. Klaus Schwab and anyone affiliated with the brand, the Davos types, the global elites. But now... I think what we are seeing, and this is, and I'm really excited about this, is the public has such a distaste for the authoritarians and the global elite, the, the IMF, the BIS, the EU, the UN, and of course, throw in the World Economic Forum. But, but you know, back in 2019, no one even knew what the World Economic Forum was. But then in 2020, that slowly changed. And then in 2021, 2022, now... Everyone and their grandmother pretty much knows who Klaus is, and they don't like him. 
And I think the mainstream media is catching on finally because the, the people in the mainstream media, they live in this bubble on the coast, whether it's New York or California. And they think that everyone in between New York and California is just like them and their friends. They have the same worldview. And, and they, and since 50% of their friends are, are gay, let's just use that as an example. Well, then they just assume that 50% of the population from New York to San Francisco is also in that category. And they don't realize, no, it goes from 50% down to 1%, <laughs> if that. And that's just an example. But I think what they're now realizing is even if they agree with the World Economic Forum, even if they are part of the Malthusian cult, they've got to take a step back and start to at least pretend <clears throat> like they are on the side of the public and they're attacking these global elite. And I think this is a huge sea change. It's a massive paradigm shift. And we see it playing out right here in front of our eyes with this article, <clears throat> excuse me, from the Wall Street Journal. And I know a lot of you say, oh, George, the Wall Street Journal is right-leaning and blah, 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 blah. So if anyone's going to do it, they're going to do it. Maybe the New York Post. Yeah, right. But let's think about the Wall Street Journal and things that they're saying during the Cervasa sickness. I mean, they were just as bad as the New York Times, if not worse in some areas. So let's keep going here down the article. So see, first and foremost, look at the photo they chose to use. Back a year ago or in 2020, whenever they used a photo of Klaus or the World Economic Forum, it was always like the a type of photo that would paint them in the best light possible. It was like their publicity pick that they got from the World Economic Forum themselves. But look at the photos they're using now. Now, yes, they've got their logo, but it's kind of distorted and it, it makes it seem like there's something shady going on there. They're, they're operating in the shadows, which I would argue is far more accurate. <laughs> hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. If the World Economic Forum has its way, the number of cars around the world will be reduced by 75% by 2050. Now, keep in mind, for those of you living in the Western world, you may think, okay, well, fine. You know, people just live in the urban areas and eh, I don't know, man, it's not that big of a deal. No, 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 no. Think about the other, call it 6 billion people on the planet Earth, right? What happens in the economic process? You, all, you guys know where I'm going with this. They start off by 
walking. Then as they get richer, they're able to afford a bicycle. Then as they get richer, they're able to afford a little scooter. And I see this happening with my employees. I see it happening in real time, right here in Columbia. I see it every day. And then once they get a little bit richer, then they can afford to go from a scooter up to a little teeny weeny car, like a Chevy Spark or something like that. And then as they get a little richer, then they go to an SUV. They have a family. It's the exact same process you see everywhere. It happened in the developed world, and it's now happening in the developing world. So think about that. That's 6 billion people. So how on earth are you going to reduce the total amount of vehicles in the entire planet, including in the developing countries, by 75%? Well, there's really only one way to do that. Either you've got to somehow change human hardwiring, which you aren't going to do, or you've got to decrease the amount of people that want cars. How do you do that? Well, one way is just the Thanos plan. You guys know what I'm talking about. The other way is to just make sure that they stay poor so they can never afford to have anything other than a bicycle. So when you're thinking about the World Economic Forum, you can't just look at what they say. You have to think about it through that Malthusian lens. And when you do, their, their entire game plan is crystal clear. Let's get back to it here. How Now I'm going back to the article. How ironic that the denizens of Davos, who spend much of their lives being chauffeured back and forth from international conferences, hate cars. You see the attitude of the article? And again, this is not something that's on the Daily Wire. It's not something that's in the alternative media. This is from the Wall Street Journal. And I can almost guarantee you, I think there's an extremely high probability that you we start seeing this in the Wall Street Journal, but next, maybe within months or maybe next year, we start to see it in the New York Times. And then we start to see it on CNN. Because their brand is so toxic, they're starting to crumble. And the media realizes that they cannot attach their horse or they cannot attach their carriage to the World Economic uh, Forum's horse any longer because they're going to be dragged into the toxicity of the brand, even though they're sympathetic to them behind the scenes. The goal is buried in a briefing paper. So a lot of people, when I talk about this, like on Twitter, they, oh, well, George, give me proof of what you're saying. Give me proof. I'm like, listen, there's so much proof. I, I, I don't even know where to send you. You know, just do the research yourself. But here you go. A briefing paper released last month called the Urban Mobility Scorecard Tool. And this was released by the World Economic Forum, benchmarking the transition to sustainable urban mobility. It points out that more than two-thirds of the world's population will be urban by 2050. If we are to meet their needs, achieve the climate goals of the Paris Agreement, the report recommends electrification, public transport, shared mobility. This means a lot fewer cars. We reduce vehicles from 2.1 billion down to 500 million. A radical drop with fewer than 30 years to do it. And it's, it's not just a radical drop. I agree. It would be a radical drop if you're just considering the developed world, United States, Europe, Australia, Canada, etc. But radical is a wild understatement when you consider Asia, when you consider Africa, when you consider parts of the Middle East, 
when you consider South America. And again, the only way you can get to that 0.5 is if you eliminate a large portion of the population in the developed world or you change the hardwiring. And I can promise you, you ain't going to change the hardwiring. Or I guess the other option is just to make them so poor that they can't afford moving up from that bicycle. People preferring uh, prefer owning cars that gives them unparalleled mobility. Okay, so this is the author talking about why people like cars. I think we all understand that. Voters in democracies can embrace this all they want. If we have an idea that might help the Davosians, <laughs> I call them the, the Malthusian cult, sell their plans to the hoi ploy. Why not set the example by banning travel by private jet to World Economic Forum gatherings? Give the Wall Street Journal or this author a bit of a golf clap right there. And this goes right back to what my good buddy Doomberg always says when he's referring to whatever harebrained scheme the Malthusian uh, eugenicist cult has. He always responds one way, you first, you first. All right, guys, some good news, some encouraging news uh, going into the weekend or into Friday. And uh, this is just validation. I think that what we are doing works. When you get a bunch of people out there that are creating content on YouTube, podcasts, uh, you know, w- whatever form, and that more and more people gravitate to this stuff, more and more people listen to it, then more and more people like you, the rebel capitalist community, start banding together and then talking about these important issues to your friends, it really moves the needle of public opinion. And you move that needle, you make that brand toxic. Like, I think we've done well. And then the media will, will, in my opinion, start to follow suit to a point where everyone views the World Economic Forum and all of their objectives, just like we currently view Jeffrey Epstein or just like we used to view uh, Exxon or BP or Enron. That's probably an even better example. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. See you in the next video.